Hello, friends. If you're here for Ben Shapiro's sex tips, you've come to the wrong place. Welcome to some GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Welcome to episode four. My grandma calls them Brazil nuts. Oh, the Geek Podcast. My, mine doesn't either. <laughs> I am your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rubbase. Uh, yeah, it's Nico. And Cartoon Somebody's Joe. Toes. I, I yeah. didn't expect it to start that way. Nope. Nobody I digress. In an effort... To bring more quality programming to this show, we have decided to bring on some guests more this season. And Instant I think, upgrade. I think tonight is going to be a really good guest. With us, Sorceress, Raptor Princess, <laughs> Doctor, Liz Dr. DeGanti. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I've... I've prefaced this with uh my son when i said i had a guest tonight and he said uh what kind of guest do you have and i said i have a lightning scientist yeah and i don't know what that means noise okay neither do most people um it's kind of a fun it's kind of a fun throwaway thing when i'm like you know like at, at yoga class chatting with someone and they're like oh what do you do and i'm like i'm a lightning scientist and they're like what now i don't very similar to me in my yoga classes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so I I have a bachelor's, master's, and PhD in meteorology, which for those who don't know has nothing to do with meteors. Uh, it is only it is a study of weather. Um, and as a graduate student, I worked for a scientist at the National Severe Storms Laboratory in Oklahoma. Um, I was attending the University of Oklahoma, but they have a cool partnership with the the NSSL uh, facility there. And so I got to work for a very uh, renowned lightning scientist. Um, and I got to learn a lot of very detailed things that are not applicable to most aspects of life. Uh, but um, with that much with that much education and brain power in meteorology at that point you can conjure up your own small to mid-sized weather systems right i mean there it comes with some inherent wizardry i you know i was i was pretty sure that when i got the phd that i would like get a, a weather machine as like a graduation present from the department but it never happened and i'm really sad about it because there is so much pollen in the air right now all i wish i could make it rain <laughs> like i i need it to rain and it's just not happening um, what yeah what am does... i just an empty chair am i just an empty chair and whatever you are yeah, again yeah. So, so i don't know you're why. invisible this Good is the stuff. first season that we've that we've done any video at all, and I think we're still trying to get our sea legs underneath us. I don't hate what you're doing, Joe. I think it's I'm you sorry. who's doing this. Yeah, it is. I'm right now. Well, this is an audio medium, so I'm I have to phantom. describe this to you. There's we're sitting in like a, I don't know, like if 
like if somebody gave a TED talk at a daycare. Yeah, yes, I that's feel exactly like that's where we're at right now. It's a series of multi-tiered daises. Oh, there's Nick, and then he's out. There he is. And there's like a, I don't know. This is strange. This is strange. I, what's yeah, weird sorry, about I, it is. I didn't know you guys could see it, to be honest. <laughs> you're yeah. changing it for everybody. We've just been watching it happen. <laughs> yeah. What's weird about it is we're all facing the same direction, but talking to each other. And it's yeah. really bothering me. <laughs> well, it looks like a panel interview. I could like swivel. No, I guess I, well, no. I gotta go the, I gotta no. go the wrong way. Yeah. Are we okay. an art gallery? We're crushing it. <laughs> Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just a midnight helps. box. Look at all these yeah. beautiful people. The midnight box, box is like a charity nut. The midnight box. It's true. It's exactly right. Uh, it's a Quaker on, name uh, from 1926. The midnight box and charity nut, I think I heard. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, why lightning? Why is is it? I mean, why... It seemed like, like, okay, let me restart. Did you like mm-hmm. focus on that? Is that like a choice? Like, do, are some people like cloud scientists? Um, so yes, uh, right. there are, a, the, the thing about higher education is that the higher you go, the more like honed in on a very specific niche thing you get. Um, so like I have friends who I went to grad school with in meteorology, same program, a lot of the same classes. Um, but when we did our actual like, uh, research projects for our theses and our theses and dissertations, uh, we all focused on something very different and a very specific problem. Um, so I have, a friend who is an expert on um, on hurricane eyewall dynamics, just super specific. I say, have one, say that one more time. Hurricane eyewall dynamics. Ooh. He does yeah, way right. more math than I do. Like, yeah, I don't that seems like a math intensive field. <laughs> uh, he that that friend does a lot of really cool work. Um, I have uh, another friend who does who does cloud microphysics, like like super detailed, like what are all the little particles in the cloud doing in different types of clouds, in different environments. Um, Speaking of tons of math. Yeah. uh, And I have a friend who does like soil moisture flux. Uh, Hmm. He works for the, he works for the FDA now, I think. So when Uh, when you guys all go out drinking soil flux guy, he's the, (laughs) he's the guy that's the life of the party, right? Absolutely. He's he's great. He's also a huge, he's also a huge, like, comic book nerd and stuff you guys will get along with him great um, <laughs> introduce him sometime but yeah so yeah when when you go into into graduate school and you're going into research like you you end up focusing on something very specific and um i actually was almost like soil flux person um i was really glad that i didn't go that route um when i when i was applied to grad school because i figured out i wanted to do research and i wanted to do field research like i wanted to be able to go out and collect my own data and analyze it um i i had like two offers like of research assistant positions. And one of them was from a professor at OU who's a great guy um, and a really smart and a really good teacher. And he does like a lot of land surface interaction stuff, which is super important to climate. But like sometimes you're literally watching grass grow and like that's not super my jam. But I had an offer from from this other NSSL scientist. Um, his name is Dr. Don McGorman. Uh, he was just like, hey, I'm, I'm hiring. Uh, I'm looking to hire a student to work on uh, this field experiment this summer. We're going to chase storms and launch balloons into them. And I was like, that one, please. Yeah. Yeah, I can watch grass grow 
or Chase Storm. Or, Chase or the Storm. exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. So I obviously did the storm chasing thing. Um, and yeah, that was that was only like that was like the first my first uh six weeks of grad school was like uh calibrating electric field meters that we were attaching to balloons to launch into thunderstorms and also helping another PhD student build particle imagers, which is basically put a high-speed video camera in a box made of styrofoam with like specific windows and some LED lights and like look at whatever things fell through it as it was flying through the storm. Um, but yeah, so I got to go out in the field and and actually like, you know, look at some super awesome storms which you guys get supercells in the in the part of the midwest you're in so you know what it's like like i'm from rhode island i live here again now the storms are weak sauce uh comparatively <laughs> um oh yeah come hang out by the lake shore for a while we'll, we'll bring you up to speed oh, I bet it would be great oh yeah. it's awesome yeah, yeah we just had the weather breezes. we just had the temperature do a almost record-breaking one hour drop yesterday around Chicagoland. 29 no degrees. Yeah, 29 degree drop. Almost beat the record. That's in one hour. Awesome. That yes. that must have been a hell of a cold front. Damn. What's fun? Well, they had a, what what was it called, Joe? The like pneumonia uh, uh pneumonia front, they called it. Oh yeah, yeah because that, that's when... your people named it that, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's when sometimes people like I think that sometimes people think there's superstition in like the people who are just like, ah, the weather's changing. I can feel it in my bones. But like actually you can have a phys a very physical reaction to an abrupt change in the weather because your body is no, just like, whoa, what's going on? No kidding. Um the fun fun fact though, a lot of people think that the that when the um there's a significant weather change that's causing you to like have a health reaction and like you go from like nice to like suddenly there's like the wind's picking up it's stormy all the stuff they think that you, you've got a high pressure system it is not true um weather happens with low pressure systems uh oh. huh. it was it's like the most jarring thing ever when i'm reading like a sci-fi book and i'm really into it and it's really good and and then they're talking about some big weather event and i'm like all right how are you gonna mess Fucks it up? you up oh. with incorrect weather <laughs> pressure like our intense high pressure system i'm like high pressure systems just clear weather and sunny like that's might be windy <laughs> i'm well, just I'm, like damn i know you're, so close. you've ruined that for me forever now you're welcome suffer with me i appreciate that yeah <laughs> I know that I was uh, I was blowing your phone up about two months ago. I had we had those two tornadoes come through where I was and I was sending you pictures of the radar like. Yeah. And I was sending and I was sending you pictures back. Like I was like, where where is your house? You should get in the basement now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That one's going to miss you. Yep. I. Yeah, I'm I'm not particularly good at forecasting, like like I, telling you like what the weather is going to be in the future. Really hard. Yeah. I got a PhD instead of doing that. Like <laughs> you can be a forecaster without a PhD, but like it's really hard and it is a thankless job. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to just do research instead. I'll just study the past. Um, but in the moment, I I have, I have now chased enough storms that when I'm like in the moment, there's a severe weather outbreak and I'm like watching the radar. I can I like can. We call it now casting where it's like what's, what's going on right now and what's going to happen in the very near future i can usually figure that out pretty well 
Is that um, the only way that you can capture, like you said something earlier about wanting to like capture, do data analysis mm. uh, as a, as a, hmm, I don't have a good word for it, as a dumb person, <laughs> I, I would think there's not that many ways you can like get accurate real-time lightning data. Is that the only way you can do that is to actually put some sort of uh, physical device into said storm to capture you know, lightning info, or how does one do that? No, I've seen actually. Thor do it. That's about it. I don't really yeah, know. There, so there was there was Thor, and then there was that dude in Sweet Home Alabama who put the lightning rods in the sand and made cool glass art. Those are the only, that's all I know about. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's like that's like a thing that people do in real life. I think sometimes that's a thing. I mean, you can definitely like if lightning strikes sand, it will make glass. Uh, it's yeah. super hot. Right. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Um, and I I knew a guy tangent because i have adhd i'm sorry um they the i knew a guy in in grad school who was also doing some lightning research who was going to propose to his girlfriend and he had this scheme where he was gonna like do that like lightning rod on the beach make lightning glass and make a ring out of it and i was like my guy i admire <laughs> your, i like your pluck i like your i like your enthusiasm <laughs> but you're gonna have you a got bad moxie, time kid and it wasn't even just lightning around. Like he was going to try to, there are ways you can trigger lightning with like rockets with wires attached to them that you launch from the ground into a storm that's already now producing lightning. Yeah. That's a thing that's been done uh, at a place uh, in Florida for experimental stuff. Um, that's but he wanted to like do ben that. Franklin energy. Yeah, it yeah. does. Um, we have at, at a, at the, one of our at the let's see American Geophysical Union annual meeting. There's a an atmospheric and space electricity section, and every year they have like a keynote speaker, and it's called the Benjamin Franklin Lecture. Uh, that's their thing. But yeah. So all right, that's your cool. question was about how do we detect lightning? Um, so fun times. It's actually like kind of an area that I work in actively now. So after I did all this cool stuff in grad school, um, I I now work actually for a private company that owns and operates a global lightning detection network. Um, I, the company, that's not a real thing. It is a real thing. That's cool. I was, I was updating the lightning classification algorithm with the engineering team this week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's a real thing. So lightning, uh, as, as you've, we know like visually is very like stunning. It's very bright. It emits a lot of light. It actually emits radiation on almost the entire electromagnetic spectrum. I'm talking radio waves, microwaves, um, infrared, uh, visible light, which you see ultraviolet, um, x-rays. And then occasionally even there are things called terrestrial gamma ray flashes that are associated with particularly uh, powerful, usually lightning events or or very electrically active thunderstorms. You could occasionally get like occasionally a small burst of gamma rays. Um, That's how you get a superhero. I've I've seen I've seen the story of the Flash. I yeah. sure hope so Rob because my Flash. chances of superhero powers are higher yeah. than the average person's in that case. But uh, but yeah, well, yeah, so because lightning emits so much radiation and so many different. Uh, parts of the spectrum um it also obviously makes sound waves uh that's the thunder um there are a lot of different ways that you can go about actually trying to detect it um and the how far away from the lightning you are uh can limit you on how well you can detect that because those uh the that radiation tends to like scatter all over the place and then like uh attenuate eventually or like um sort of 
what's a better way to put that uh like dissipate dissipate yeah, yeah. um so the the company i work for which is called aem uh the company i originally worked for is called earth networks and aem is like was like the parent company that bought us and some other weather enterprise companies and so now we're all one one big happy fully remote company which is nice um like Captain so, planet yeah uh, so the, our network is called therefore the earth networks, total lightning network, which is kind of a weird name because it has great PR it twice. Yeah. yeah but, you know, uh, we tried to rename it and all of the other ideas that, that marketing came up with were worse. So it's not even, it's not even like a what workable was that? anagram. Yeah. I was going to say, what's E-N-T-L-N. the acronym? The acronym. E-N-T-L-N. E-N-T-L-N. Yeah. Um, but so what, also a yeah. good anagram, Ryan. You're right. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I meant to say acronym. Yeah. So, so what we just, do just burn it across your chest like Illuminati. <laughs> and so, like an so what we room. do is we effectively detect radio waves that are emitted by lightning. Um, we have specific types of sensors that are scattered all over the globe. There's like, I think we have something like 1,800 sensors all over the world in different countries and different places wherever we can opportunistically somebody's interested in detecting lightning here would you like some sensors please maintain them for us they need internet um that's yeah uh so they need internet to transmit the data back um but they're basically is that a, privately funded or is uh, yes that like- it is it's a private company um i mean we sell data to governments all over the world uh as well as private company other private companies and interests um most of the business side of lightning detection is in safety. Uh, there's uh, like um, uh, Disney uh, buys AEM's lightning data to um, have personalized alerting set up for their theme parks. If there's lightning within some range of the theme park, then you know they know to start trying to close things down if they need to until the lightning passes. Um, a lot of uh, of several airlines, United Airlines, Southwest, professional sporting. sporting events. Yep, stadiums, uh, different sports teams and stuff will will use our data to alert the same way. Okay. And then um, a lot of countries around the world or governments actually buy our our data for the sake of like monitoring thunderstorms in their countries because um, something that I was shocked to learn when I was younger and now no longer surprises me is that um, in the US, we are very spoiled with our radar network. Um, Radars are extremely expensive and difficult to maintain. And so we have access to this immense wealth of weather data um, from thanks to, you know, our public sector uh, weather enterprise, thanks to NOAA and and NASA. Um, Canada has a radar network, Australia has a radar network. And um, I think some some European countries have their own like radar, but it's a lot of countries in the world, especially in the developing world, do not have the kind of resources needed for that. So they buy our lightning data and can keep an eye on thunderstorms through the lightning and maybe satellite if they have access to satellite data. Uh, But yeah, so and something I didn't even know there was an industry for. Yeah. um, Also surprises a lot of people. Um, So. Yeah, um, my my job at the at the company I work for is kind of nebulous because I'm on the research and development team, which means that we just kind of do whatever we have to do at any given moment, and that changes a lot. Um, but it does mean I don't have to beg the government for money every year or two to keep myself funded. So I'm like good with it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, but that also though, because we have such a, a pretty stable like foundation of like the business part of it, that means that we also happen to have this really cool like global lightning data set that like we can also use for scientific research and um researchers uh from all over the world use our data for pure research purposes of looking at things like uh severe weather research and different reasons tracking changes in in monsoonal convection looking at people are trying to look at effects of uh climate change on uh thunderstorm frequency and intensity and it's complicated but um having was, that kind of data set available is really nice i was getting ready to ask if you uh had any particular uh thoughts or uh prognostications on exactly that um, I I do. I actually right. have a I la at the beginning of last year I had a paper published in the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society oh, about yeah. using um what what me and my little three person team uh termed uh, thunder hours but it's really um it, it, a thunder it, we we talked about converting lightning data into a metric called a thunder hour to track the changes in thunderstorm frequency around the world. Um, and because um, tracking thunderstorm intensity is very closely related to like how much lightning a storm produces in a given amount of time, like is how intense it is. So supercells, thunderstorms, like that make tornadoes and hail and stuff, mm -hmm. those, those bad boys will make something like anywhere from 100 to 500 flashes per minute of lightning um like it they get i've seen it the store one of the storms that i did really detailed work studying for my dissertation and my master's thesis made got up to uh almost 500 flashes per minute of flash total flash rates um with how much measured, is, is is visual um or, or uh, able to be seen by like, uh, an observer a lot of it um this i mean when your storm cloud is really really thick the stuff that happens kind of in the middle of the cloud is a lot harder to see um when you have a lot of a lot of water and ice and stuff in the way um but when you see a cloud that's just like light 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 like flashing constantly like there's a lot of lightning mm -hmm. going on in there um that those that kind of flash rate is hard to it's hard to like detect that many flashes uh you need to be looking at the the very high frequency end of the spectrum to get that much detail um which there are lightning detection systems that do that too um lightning mapping arrays they're called they basically measure the x-rays that are and like that range of the spectrum that's being emitted by lightning and they only work about out to like you know couple hundred kilometers uh from the network of ground-based sensors but they get really really high resolution stuff like 3d mapped lighting flashes all, almost all that's of them. wild it is it's really <laughs> that's cool. crazy it, it is. is it's ridiculous <laughs> and um but yeah so supercells right they make like huge amounts of lightning um but supercells are a very rare type of thunderstorm M most thunderstorms in the world live for 30 minutes to an hour and make maybe 10 flashes a minute um it's like your average mm -hmm. summer thunderstorm that just like bubbles up and like rains and then it's gone um those are are extremely common um we call those air mass storms because they're just kind of bubbles like you know they just happen um they uh, they're very common near 
um, complex terrain, like in the mountains uh, in the summer, the very common uh, sea breeze and lake breeze uh, storms, like that that kind of storm. Those account for most of the storms in the world, and those don't produce a ton of lightning. And if those are the most, since those are the most common storms in the world, knowing how those are changing over time and how many of them there are in different places is important, right? So sure. what we so coming back to what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so my <laughs> my team basically made a a wrote a program that will go through our global lightning data and you know, make a lat long grid of the whole world and go through every grid square and say, okay, was there lightning within 15 kilometers, about 10, within 10 miles or so of this grid point in the, within this hour of the day? Yes. All right. Call it a one. No, call it a zero. Move on to the next hour and then do it for every point in the world for every hour of every day of every year for several years. Um, I think our data set is something like eight or nine years uh, in wow. duration right now. And when you do that, um, it actually, let me see if I can pull up the, I have an animation of kind of what this looks like. Um, but when you do this, you can actually, uh, here, since I don't, can I share my screen? Sure. Yeah, we'll do. I think we, I'm actually fucking. Sure. No, we were in a daycare earlier, so I think so. Well, I I can't I can't share because I am a participant, but I will post a link to this in the chat. Um, this is like a website where we host our data set for this Thunder Hours data, and there's a a map here. It's an animation that shows the probability of thunder or probability of a thunderstorm all over the world. Uh, for like every month of the year, just the average probability. You didn't. Then, you didn't copyright uh, Thunder Hours by any chance, did nope, you? No, not at all. Uh, there's a, this there's is, a good chance we may steal that for uh, for for our, one of our segments here. I think Thunder Hour. <laughs> Please do. do. That sounds really That's part cool. Of our yeah. Stick. Um, you should have like, hey, it's and it's the Thunder Hour. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's the, the term is based on the oldest, like the longest running historical measurement we have of thunderstorms is called a thunder day, which is like there are actual observing stations around the world, like a couple hundred of them or something that where people, actual humans have been recording if there was a thunderstorm like within view or you know nearby enough to affect the the location um every like in a day they've been recording that for like the last hundred or more years in a lot of wow. these locations so it's like the longest mm. it's the longest term like climatological record we have of thunderstorm activity so like this the thunder hours thing is like just a higher time resolution of the same idea and it's how we can kind of relate this the lightning data back to this like historical measurement. Um, so is the goal to be able to say like uh, tomorrow is uh, May 18th and historically you'll have lightning today. That's what we call a climatology forecast um, in, in the forecasting world. The easiest uh, forecast you can do is go with clim- the climatology. What is the most likely type of weather that you'll have at this location today based on the whole, you know, their history. Um, actual forecasting is much more complicated than that, of course. But yeah, like that's something that can help. But another thing that's useful is that um, 
the other the second longest running uh record of of like lightning data that we have is from uh, a series of low earth orbiting satellites uh that were in orbit uh around the the tropics and a little bit of the higher latitudes for um like 20 years um the it was part of the first one was called the optical transient detector and then their second one was called the the um lightning imaging sensor or liz which is very funny when i'm in meetings and people are talking about liz data and i'm like what Huh? Which data? Me? Which data? No, no, satellite. I don't have any data. <laughs> satellite data, that one. Um, but the, the the lightning imaging sensor was aboard first a, a longer term like tropical rainfall measuring mission. And now it's actually there's one, a, a new one of the same type of sensor on the International Space Station. But so we've got like, like a couple decades of, of lightning data from those satellites. The downside of those is that because they're low Earth orbiting, means they they go around the earth like you know in a in a set orbit and it takes like the entire day to actually measure like the whole world so they only look at one spot on the earth for like a two minutes a day like a given location on the earth is observed by the satellite for two minutes a day and that's not enough time to get like high resolution you know forecast relevant information right but over the course of 20 years you can build up an average you know, how many lightning flashes are, do we see? And that's an optical detector. So that's like a, a, a camera in space looking for little flashes of light coming out the top of clouds. Oh, cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that, so like that, you know, over 20 years, you get like a nice average, average number of, of flashes per day, per kilometer squared or per year, per kilometer squared, whatever. Um so you get an idea of where the most intense thunderstorms on Earth are, where there are where the most lightning is being produced. But when you couple that with the thunder hours thing, where you look at, okay, where are the thunderstorms happening the most frequently, you can actually then get two different aspects of uh, two different types of information about the same type of weather system, right? How frequent are we having storms and how strong are they? Right. So like um with the climate change thing, something that people are really concerned about, obviously, is is droughts and floods. Like these are the two like most likely to be affected by climate change type of weather patterns. And um, we've already seen a great increase in drought uh, all over the world, uh, especially in places that are already hot. It's hotter, you know. Like yeah. just look at poor California for several years. Oof. Yeah. Um and also you know several other parts of the world uh but then you've got on the flip side you've got things like you know record-breaking floods happening and i think in pakistan a few months ago it was like absolutely devastating like they don't get much rain but like suddenly they're getting all this these floods so these kinds of patterns are things people worry about and um things like monsoon systems um so like the indian monsoon the the north american monsoon there that is where all those the daytime thunderstorms that happen in the rocky mountains every like for like two months a year like rain every day yeah. that's the north american monsoon um i didn't know about that Me yeah either. it's it's a it's a critical uh source of of water to the southwest uh and part of why our south like uh, the drought got really bad out there 
one facet of it, it was like, you know, El Nino caused the monsoon to fail, means there weren't really storms, means there wasn't really rain, so it's mm. extra dry. Hmm. Um, but so the climate system is all very, uh, there's a lot of different elements at play that are really complicated. But something we can do then is look at places that are getting more storms than usual and say, well, how intense are these storms? And if they're not getting, if they're not actually producing a lot of lightning flashes, but there's a lot more storms happening, that when you're, you know that the storms themselves are actually weaker convectively, oh. but but there are more of them, so it's there's probably more rain, but not as much lightning causing like a safety hazard in that regard. Um, but likewise, yeah, you can you can see like if the monsoons are failing more regularly, you could see are there places suddenly getting storms that didn't get them before, really. Um, it, it's kind of there's a lot of ways to get into it. My my paper that I wrote was mostly like, hey, look at this data set. It's really cool. And I mm. can see lots of weather patterns in this data. So probably it could be relevant for climate stuff. You should other researchers should also use it because <laughs> I don't have time. Uh, I would agree. So, so we're yeah, that's that's a cool. Well, thing. I'm I'm finding out that the uh, your your national lightning detection network one is real, and two, <laughs> uh, I I'm signing up for my my free thirty day uh, trial <laughs> trial membership that you can sign up for here from from uh, NL from NL. Yeah, you can uh, get a, a free thirty day trial to test the access for real time thunderstorms and lightning data. I, I so, believe it. Uh, that's I'm actually to create our, my own. That's actually my one of my company's biggest competitors. We are not the only private lightning. Oh, industry. I, I uh, thought that was. Oh no. I'm no, bored. see, you're probably abort, it's okay. Abort. You can sign yeah. up for it. It's fine. Um, there are like, just a traitor, and we hate you. Waste, waste their resources. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna. Days. I'm gonna join, and then I'm no, just going to join them with dumb join, questions. Get me some data. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, no, don't actually do that. I'm not. Why? Uh, um, we do not condone corporate espionage. <laughs> no, for legal reasons, that was a don't. joke. Uh, but, I do um, have just, a you're very just Liz softball the question. Princess. I don't know. I don't know what your affiliations <laughs> are. I've got a softball question for you. Sure, sure. Softball size hail. No. Um. What is lightning? Why is lightning? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That is a much less of a softball question than you think, but I'll oh. give you this. I'll give you the, the, by the way, we don't, we don't call people who don't have PhDs dumb because you're not, uh, you call it, you're a lay person. You uh, yes. Yeah. So the, the lay person's, ex I'll give dumb, you the lay dumb. person's explanation. Um, don't talk to me. Don't be mean to yourself, Nick. That's not I was talking to Ryan. <laughs> oh, don't, don't be mean to Ryan either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's my show now. Don't listen to the reference. <laughs> Hostile uh, takeover by the meteorology crew. Fine. So be it. it. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, lightning is essentially a, a big spark. Um, and you get that big spark because the air currents inside a thunderstorm move ice particles around inside the cloud. And when those ice particles bump into each other under the right temperature conditions, uh, they swap electrons. Uh, so like, um, 
you know, in the right range of temperatures, you might have like a grapple particle, which is like basically baby hail. Um, grapple particle not gets whacked by a, a little ice crystal that's flying up higher into the storm because ice crystals weigh less. And the grapple says, hey, fuck you, I'm taking your electron. And uh, now the grapple has a net negative charge on it. And now the ice crystal is a net positive charge because it's missing an electron. But the ice crystal continues on its way. And so does all the other ice crystals. There's lots and lots of stuff inside clouds. There's lots and lots of particles. Um, and so when you get those particles are separating charge into different parts of the storm, you build up an electric field in between those two parts of the cloud. And the lightning is the discharge that happens when that electric field gets very strong and some other mystery steps happen. Something about electron avalanches, maybe. Uh, it's the physics of it is very complicated and I barely understand it. Um, Great band name. You get a... <laughs> uh, you get a large spark and that that spark is the lightning and the lightning channel goes in two directions. It goes into where you have a cluster of positively charged particles and a cluster of negatively charged particles the other way. And the the lightning channel actually like moves charge more charge around, like moves electric current around to kind of neutralize the that charge difference and yeah. therefore reduce the electric field back down to something more stable um the most the the most um uh, comprehensive like rule of nature i could if i could like for me the way i understand it is that every process in nature exists to correct an imbalance storms happen because the air is unstable and the storm is stabilizing the air by like by like you know moving that energy somewhere else spreading it out more um and i mean wind does that like wind blows because of differences in air pressure uh it's it's all very like how can every it's like the the atmosphere is constantly trying to even out all these imbalances but it is never going to even them all out because the earth is spinning and therefore doing weird things sure so that makes perfect sense but i've never heard it explained that way and i it's amazing yes yeah yeah that was a very like that was an incredibly novel way of, of explaining it I, I don't think i've ever heard it put that way before i'm glad it makes sense it, yeah. Uh, so I guess weird theoretical question, what would happen if there wasn't that uh, like lightning discharge to try and correct that imbalance? Like if there was just that continual separation of like um, ice crystal, uh, I don't know. It's a weird theoretical that's question. A question uh, for Oppenheimer, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, like, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> The physics of it gets really weird at that point, because here's another fun thing that most people don't think about or really consider when you are creating electric fields and moving charge around, you are also uh, creating magnetic fields, field sure. effects in the same area. Mm -hmm. So like like magnetic fields and electric field go hand in hand. They're always yeah. they're always together. Uh, and 
so I don't know if you just had like a runaway, like electric field buildup that just kept going and going and going and never discharging, um, things would get like comic book weird. I, yeah. is the only thing I can imagine. Like it would it just about right. something like reality would unravel. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's because like the force of the magnetic. Yeah. Like, you have a giant magnetic like... storm head. Yeah, yeah, like you would have you would have some very weird things would start happening because you would have this this great and terrible like uh force being generated by that differential and I don't I don't even know what it would do. Okay, yeah. yeah I got to yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to bring this up next time I go to a scientific conference because the like uh yeah, the the one I the one I was at in Chicago in December when uh, we didn't end up getting to hang out, but like at that one, like I met some physicists who like study the terrestrial gamma ray bursts, and we were like swapping knowledge over lunch. So like next time I go to that conference, I'm gonna have to ask them that question. Yeah, give, give, back, give back to me on that because that's <laughs> well. More importantly, so let's say you have this storm where there's the electron <laughs> avalanche, but there's mm-hmm. no discharge, so it just sits and and builds and grows mm-hmm. and and then one day it eventually does discharge. That's a motherfucker. That's terrifying. Terrifying. Like if you think about Imagine the fact being struck by that one. You would I mean that might I mean write this down. This could maybe be some ridiculous sci-fi movie shenanigans, but like that could probably destroy like entire buildings or like a city. Like if you think about the fact that that a one lightning bolt that manages to hit a tree just right will have that current flow down through the tree. That tree's full of water. That water gets superheated because the lightning channel is like a hotter than the surface of the sun and it expands the water really rapidly and the tree blows up. Like that's a thing that happens. I have seen a tree in like my neighborhood in Oklahoma that got had been struck by lightning. Like I was like sitting on my back porch, like watching the storm roll through, totally safe. As you do um, in the Midwest. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> Midwest. Do. Or yeah, if you're yeah. a meteorologist. No, yeah. Meteorologists have very overall have very poor sense of self-preservation. We go towards the <laughs> scary that. thing. It's yeah. not so I'm like outside watching watching the storm roll through and there's a lot of lightning. And I and I hear a thunder crash like a gunshot like an explosion and i'm like oh something nearby just got struck by lightning (laughs) well the next day i was walking with my my roommate and her dog uh and we like came around the corner and what do you know there's a tree that's been split in half like in someone's yard (laughs) um yep awesome (laughs) So if if a regular lightning bolt that is that is functioning as nature intended can blast a tree apart, then I think if there was super a super rogue lightning bolt, super yeah. rogue lightning bolt from a storm that just continually built electric field, uh, built up electric field because reasons, uh, yeah, yeah, it could probably blow up buildings and stuff. It's like, real doom shit. Yeah. Right, two more, uh, two more silly questions from me at least. Sure. That I think are silly because. Anyway, yeah. Guaranteed survival. Do you want to be struck by lightning? Guaranteed survival? Guaranteed. 
you will not die. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'm not saying that you don't fucking blink a whole lot afterwards or you've got <laughs> like say, a... I'm saying, what's the quality of life after? Right, like you can't, maybe you can't pronounce your R's going forwards. I don't know what the side effect is, but it's nothing that like, you're not like... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm fine, well, but I've lost the letter L. Got, got struck 66 times and he was still still getting you know, down. People, people like, right. yeah, that's the other thing. People, when they find out I study lightning, really like to tell me that they know someone who got struck by lightning. Um, which I know happened. one guy who's been struck by lightning twice. I um, Was he in the same place each time? or Yeah, he was at his fucking house. And, <laughs> and both times, the first time, he was adjusting his... You know, like the big old antenna towers. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. He was up on that, like, because he couldn't see. He couldn't get he like. Couldn't get the picture because of the storm. Yeah, and he's like that fucking antenna, and he climbed up and that. The second time, he was like, "This isn't that bad of a storm," and was working on his short game with his fucking seven iron, and swoop, bang, got him in the backswing. <laughs> two times. Golfers, golfers getting struck by lightning on the backswing is more common than you would think. And both times he that. was like, he walked inside the house and he was like, Gail, I got struck by lightning again. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> All like, right. Now, if I could, if I could survive and have like still good quality of life afterward. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Me with lightning. I have. I what have does that before, do in your industry, like with street cred? Where do you? I mean, is that like? Are you like fifty cent now? You know, like probably. Yeah, like you um, walk in there, like that's the one who got struck by lightning. It would. I would be a walking joke at that point, like, but would in you? a good way. But in a right. good way, like the lightning scientist who got struck by lightning. Like, yeah. Job. yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, gathering I, data. Yeah. <laughs> Just gathering data. Gathering Just gathering data. data. Yeah. Oh my God. On that field project I worked on, we at one point there was kind of a near miss, is where we were like, we had like pulled over. We were like done, like we had just launched a balloon into a storm and then we drove away from it. And then we were like kind of away from it, like a few miles, like probably a few miles, five miles or something. And we all we pulled all of our vehicles over in, in some parking lot and and stopped and we we're talking about where to go next and suddenly people's hair started standing up and <laughs> my research advisor looked around and was like everyone back in the vehicle go. and wow. like and like as we were driving away there was a, a lightning flash like overhead like not it didn't hit the ground but like there was a big discharge like across this like little <laughs> bit of spat of cloud that kind of just like was vaguely connected to the parent storm um, <laughs> and yeah it was pretty wild is if there your, a if your hair stands up pro safety tip do not um do not continue being where you are go somewhere else that is That's not right. <laughs> Oh, has anybody uh, tried to harness lightning? Yes. Is there what would the benefit be besides having um, it in a jar? <laughs> um, uh, uh, there has been. There is interest in both. Uh, there's definitely interest in trying to harness lightning for energy purposes. Um, I'm pretty sure the big limiting factor there, as with most alternative energy sources right now, is battery technology. It's very hard to like have put store that much energy in a battery all at once. Sure. Usually the electronics get and also like the yeah, like whatever wires and cabling and stuff you would like, you know, fried. It's fried, yeah. blown up. Um and 
need better conductors. This is this uh, is more uh I I I know that there was a um several year uh study uh, the the triggered lightning study that I was talking about, where they were like, you know, there there was this place called the ICLRT in Florida that I, in North Florida that near Gainesville, where they had this big like, um, they had a, a not quite a lab, they had a lab, and they had an outdoor like setup where they had this rocket setup where they could trigger, you know, launch a rocket into a storm to trigger lightning and to study it to know exactly where it hit and exactly what time it hit and all that. And then they had all kinds of other instruments there, like electric field meters and gamma ray detectors and all kinds of stuff to get as much information about lightning as they could. And there was a several year project funded um, near that facility and like in Florida by, it was called the DARPA project. And it was being funded by the Department of Defense. So like low key, I'm pretty sure the government, the US government was trying to figure out if they could weaponize lightning and like- Oh, hell yes. I mean- why wouldn't you? We just talked about theoretical ways that it could happen. Like, would if, that be just like off the cuff? And oh yeah, would that be rad as hell? Yes. Kinda. Would that be war crimes? Definitely. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Is it viable? Not. We have really. the best. We have the best lightning. <laughs> Our lightning is huge. Our yeah. storms are better than any other storms. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. So, um, but I don't think it, I don't know how far that really went. I mean, it meant that like a lot of my scientist friends got a lot of data out of it, like sure. on the government, on the department of defense's dime, which they've got the biggest budget in this government. So yeah. cool. Give us your money. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's very lightning is very, in a statistical sense, it's very random and we still don't understand enough about what actually makes it happen and what conditions exactly need to happen. Like we know so that, a lot of the details, but not enough. It's not really viable to like do that. At least my next question would be then you, you should be able to like create it in a lab, but if you don't oh, exactly know what yeah. you're, what's creating it, I guess you couldn't do that. Yeah, the closest that people in labs have been able to do, um, both here and in Russia, I'm pretty sure at the very least, are to make very large sparks between like big metal things. Um, uh, and it's, but like when you make a really big spark in a lab in some controlled environment and you measure it in all the other so similar ways that we measure lightning in nature, it's not the same right. and i don't right. really know how to explain that but like just the nature of the current flow and like how much energy it's moving around and even what starts it is not the same as what happens in nature so it's you it's kind of approximate um cool thing that i learned at a conference recently is there are researchers in europe who are using that kind of uh that kind of technology of like making us making sparks in a lab on uh to try and like uh, replicate chemical reactions that happen like in the like pre-oxygenated Earth's atmosphere system, like to like help life start millions of years ago. Whoa. Yeah, there and there's also like people who use the those kinds of techniques to study the effects of of lightning or you know that kind of current transfer on volcanic ash because like volcano plumes make lightning. Uh, but it's also a little bit different than like regular thunderstorm lightning. Cause there's a lot of, 
physical ash, not just ice and water in those volcanic plumes. But when you have lightning in a plume of volcanic ash, it will actually melt the ash into little beads of glass that oh. then like can be found in the ash fall like later on the ground um and are preserved over time there's like all kinds of wild stuff that people those have got to be called something right i mean those are called, they, those are called a thing they definitely are i definitely moderated like that talk at a, it was it was like that's what i'm calling them from now on by the way what are you so calling them wondering. a volcano pearl i like oh, that name I like that. Yeah. I like that um i don't remember what they're called though i moderated that talk I was like um, at the, you know, sitting next to the, I was in a chair looking up at the speaker yeah. next at to the, me at the daycare at the daycare. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I moderated that conference presentation. I can't remember what they call it. My it new, was very just, cool. I just decided I'm quitting my job <laughs> and I am going to start making jewelry out of volcano pearls. Sure. And <laughs> Hell that's yeah. my, that is my new thing. So everyone's wondering. So if I can find that scientist contact info. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll look for you on Etsy, Ryan. Well, yeah, no, I'll have a store. Uh, probably volcanopearls.com. Just gonna be like, just gonna be. You're just gonna go to take a glass blowing contest or class and like make little glass beads yep. and like call them. And they'll say one of those, and I'll be like, let me tell you about. Okay, so there was this volcano. <laughs> Lightning. I found the beads. I think that's what I'll do. I don't know. I'll probably keep my current job. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like volcano at least harvesting is lucrative. At least until your that gets off the ground, don't quit your day job. Well, you know, I'd have to first. I'd have to be Johnny on the like when there was a volcano about to erupt. I'd have to be there first of all. Yeah, we should he probably go find the tough here. It seems day, like though. something Matthew McConaughey would do in a movie. Yeah, he'd be like a, a or or is it Pierce Brosnan who's in Dante's Peak? Like that. Dante's peak is Pierce Brosnan volcano was right. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Lightning induced lightning induced volcanic spherules. Yes, spherules. That's what they call them. Oh, it's just spherules. Spherules. Wasn't that a character on Archer? <laughs> Should be. It no, should be a so. Pokemon. Can you imagine a Pokemon, a Pokemon that's like a little sphere of glass yeah. with like yeah. lava floating around inside it? Yeah, like, and he's got like he's got like the Pikachu lightning. Yeah, that would be super cool. Fire electric type. Let's do, let's go. We just did that. <laughs> uh, more of that. I don't know. I I've never. I don't know anything about Pokemon. Charizard. There we go. <laughs> you nailed it. Snorlax. You, see, that's the thing, you know right? Slow poke? Yeah, you know, Slow poke? I got you. Yeah. Catch them all. Know. Ash, catch them. Ah. <laughs> Team Rocket. Well, I got him. Hey. Again. All right. You're, you're like, you're, you're still on a roll. So I'll give it to if you. If I would, how long do you think I could go before I got one wrong? Uh, Another 30 seconds. <laughs> you think I could just, I thought you were say another 30 Pokemon. I was just saying, there's not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> that's real cool, Liz. This is, uh, I don't, I did not. I actually, because I'm an idiot, earlier you talked about how lightning produces sound waves. Yep. And that's that's thunder. Yep. Sure. And yeah. I never I never thought that that's what thunder was. You don't yeah. want to know how that happens? Yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely, I do. So, how did you ask? Yes. Yeah, so um, like what I described with the lightning blowing up a tree because it superheated the water inside the tree. Uh -huh. um, 
when lightning goes in the air. the air, it superheats the air. And sure. when you heat air, it expands. And then as soon as the lightning channel is gone, that air cools off again very fast, collapses back in on itself, creates a, like an exposure and sound. Fucking shit's okay, rad. Like that to me, that makes like the second you brought up the tree, I yeah. knew you can visualize the rest it. Of, I knew the rest of yeah. your answer. I yeah, yeah, yeah. never once thought about that's why thunder is what thunder is. Yeah. Ever. Um, that and, and most it's one of those things that it's just like thunder, it's just the thing that happens, and you know what you know what it is, but you don't know why it is. And I don't know. I guess the reason I'm doing what I'm doing with my life is because I constantly want to know why it's doing the thing that it's doing um is it true that lightning goes from the ground up e- yes uh it so yeah. it lightning it it goes it goes both ways both lightning ways. is bisexual um respect and that <laughs> is our show title. there's the show title we yep. we've been waiting for it <laughs> we've got it I am so happy. Um, so, <laughs> Tag it and bag it. So, yeah, um, the visible part of the lightning, uh, typically you see it when you see the lightning happen, it's going from the ground up. But you're actually you first you get um, current that flows invisibly down to the a point on the ground where it meets um in another channel like channel that comes off the ground so like the the electric field in the storm induces an electric field on the ground you can measure that electric field on the ground and so like when your buddy was like having problems with his tv picture during the storm it's probably because his antenna had all kinds of rogue electrons crawling all over it metaphysically speaking Mm -hmm. it's it's not a phrase um but and then he went up there and shifted it around and and like you know then he got struck by lightning um but the so there's there's always like a current that comes down and then another current comes up to meet it. And then when they meet, you get that burst of light as you get it's called a return stroke. So it's like the that lightning stroke is returning to the cloud. Although a fun thing that has happened since the advent of a lot of tall metal towers uh, being built around places on the ground like cell towers is that sometimes you actually get upward initiated lightning where you get um the the that the primary channel goes up from the tower towards the cloud after the cloud induces an electric field on it but it makes the primary invisible thing goes up and then there's a return stroke from the cloud and then you get like these weird like they almost look like disconnected like lightning strikes like the return strokes that just go like off into the air and aren't really part they don't come from the cloud they come from the tower um upward lightning is super weird and we're not even sure that we can detect it correctly like with our technology that we have uh like the like the stuff that my company and and my the company i work for and our competitors use like the radio wave level of it like we're not even sure that we can like we can detect that lightning but like trying to figure out what if it's cloud to ground lightning or in cloud lightning like from the radio waves it gets really wonky because it's like a different process a little bit of a different process than like the stuff that comes from the cloud so very strange 
Um, but you get some really cool photography out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, Fuck yeah. This has been fascinating. I'm glad. I yeah, didn't no, know really I cool. knew so little about lightning. Yeah, me neither until I went to grad school. That's yeah. the other thing you learn. The more education you get, the less you know. Like that's that yeah. sounds right. There are probably <laughs> that sounds like there are proverbs written about that topic. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so at the end of our episode, we do this thing where we talk about what we've been geeking on lately. Mm-hmm. And as our guest, you can go first or last. It's your choice. I'm gonna go last because I gotta I gotta ponder a little okay. bit. So uh Joe, what are you sure. geeking on this week? I uh I finally decided to start watching suits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just cause? Yeah, oh, I don't sure. know. I've been seeing a lot of clips on YouTube and stuff, and I thought, yeah, this show seems like it might be good. I've heard good things about it. And uh so I gave it a shot. And I is it I think it's fine. I I it's compelling. I don't know if it's, I haven't decided yet if it's good, although I'm on season two. Um, well, there's never been yeah, anyone. You were a big fan of that, uh, that, that other weird revenge show that you've been watching for like two years. Oh yeah. Leverage. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. You're also the kind of guy who's like, if you're in for a pinch, you're in for the whole fucking. That's time, true. That's so. true. If I, if I uh, make it past the first episode, I almost have to watch the whole thing. <laughs> lest I get a headache. Eternal, eternal, headache, yes. eternal, eternal until headache. until you finish the task. Right. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, but it's it's fine. It's it's the dialogue is very stilted. Um, but otherwise, it's it's one of the more realistic shows I've watched lately. I think. Isn't it about like something. sales? Law, uh, lawyers, they're they're lawyers. Oh, lawyers. Yeah. Uh, one of them is a uh, uh, he's got like an eidetic memory. And he has memorized the U.S. code or whatever. And so he tricks another lawyer into hiring him, basically. Um, and they just uh, they just lawyer together, I guess. Uh, Meghan Markle's in it. Um, Isn't Zach Morris also in it? From I Saved by the Bell. I actually don't know. You said Mark Meghan Paul. Markle, but for some reason I thought you said Angela Merkel. And that like <laughs> yeah, Angela like, Merkel's a completely it's fucking different, it's a different show. Like, huh. Yeah, suits. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Angela Merkel. <laughs> but it's yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. I binged the whole first season on Monday. Um Fuck Joe. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I didn't need, I didn't feel super compelled to move on to the second season, but as far as uh, it's a good background show. All right. You don't really have to pay attention. Uh, the same thing happens in every episode. Um, I think it's, it's more interesting and fun than law and order, but it's about the same level of just throw it onto the background and it's kind of enjoyable. A good background show. Yeah. Something um, you can have on while you're that's vacuuming. Blasphemy right. that you just, tethered that to law and order but that's okay this is your you big man. producer i actually dick out of yeah. all the people yeah. i that thought would be suits ain't got no dick wolf i tell you that right now i'm, I'm not sure if you're being pro or or Me against law and order right now like that's, <laughs> oh he's neither he's straddling he's, the line he's uh he's agnostic <laughs> and he bets on all the horses yep so he doesn't lose yeah. right right 
Um, and to keep the crime rate down. I, I saw, I saw, <laughs> I, my uh, uncle Tom and I watched a woman at a casino make every possible bet at a roulette table once. Because, How'd that go for her? Which, well, she didn't lose. Okay. Fair. She put one From chip on red and one on black and one on odds and one on evens and the corners and all the numbers. And every time the fucking ball landed, she was like, ah! Did like, she come out ahead? Did she? No, oh God, you, just, you can't come out ahead. I wouldn't Man, think if, so, but I didn't know. If that's how you get your dopamine, that's how you get. Yeah, your that's what we just were like. Yeah, hey, I'm you just good fucking on do you. You do you. I, Twitter's the exact hey, same thing. <laughs> you hit every time, and it. it you, there's no winning. You're not going to no. come out ahead. No, no one wins on Twitter. <laughs> oh God, uh, Nick, what are you geeking on this week? Mm. Um, I, I'm going to take the NBA draft lottery. Ooh, you are a longtime Spurs fan. Conference finals. You just like pop. You say- You're a big, big pop fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know me. I, I'm the bubblegum stuff is, is my jam. You like uh, you like cantankerous older men, right? Does. Which is why Greg Popovich uh, got the number one pick, which right. is fueling conspiracy theories through the NBA, because this is supposed to be like a once in a generational uh, draft at the number one spot. Like, not nothing like that in twenty years since LeBron. Nick, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna need you to make that next month's essay. <laughs> Very well. How many words or less? Like uh between 1000 and 1500. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool that both the NBA draft lottery and the NHL draft lottery are both just uh mired in uh conspiracies. I love year. it. That's I really me do. too. It, me too. Br- bring on the white people drama. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Need more of it. Uh, Patrick um, Ewing's uh, his uh, uh, the old frozen cold. envelope. It was a cold envelope. envelope. Yeah, because because New York, right? Take for the streets, they got to have him for the culture. Yeah, for the culture to to breathe life back into the floundering knickerbockers. Get there, and yeah, sure. Which has gone really well. Thirty John years of aggressive mediocrity. Well, Coach John Starks in your world. Like is this what it like, feels like when Rob and I talk about video games? Kind of, yeah. yeah no, really no, that's it's way worse. <laughs> Allow me to spend the next forty minutes talking about Warhammer Forty Thousand. <laughs> well, actually, I'm making sure that you have to have to answer last after Liz, so that the <laughs> rest of us can quietly Irish goodbye, digital Irish goodbye, <laughs> the digital time. Irish goodbye. <laughs> yeah. As you go for thirteen weeks in a row of Warhammer Forty K Kill Squad. Um, So to set that up, uh, Ryan, what are you geeking on? The weather has finally not been a piece of dog shit. And I allegedly uh, like like Mother's Day weekend. I I don't know. Time is a concept that I don't understand. But I think that was last weekend. Time is a weird soup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and ever since seriously, like like Kobe died. And then that that was like last Thursday. Right. So I don't. That was really the end of time. Really, the beginning of the end of time. Right. That's when the Matrix, like, that's when we kicked into that. 
Fuck, I but, remember uh, seeing that on the news and I was in an airport and I can't remember when. No, I, it was sometime <laughs> between 2018 and now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I got to get, I got to set my yard right. I got to tackle some dandelions. I got to spray some shit to kill some clover. I got to weed eat, bought a new weed eater. Very happy with it. It's one of the new steel uh, electric ones. Um, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We got to. Uh, uh, bought my son a push mower because uh, nice. If, if you're going to refuse to learn how to use the riding mower, you get the push mower. So that's how that goes. All righty. And uh, he actually, so I had a push mower or tree line because the trees are getting too big. I can't mow around them anymore anyway. And uh, we got done, and I I thanked him. I was like, hey man, you you know you saved me like 57 minutes. I think by my watch, that's what you saved me on the yard today. Thank you. And uh, I said, it looks really good. And he says, yeah, it looks better than the rest of the yard. And <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, that's how you get a one-way ticket to mowing the whole fucking yard with the push mower. Friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a life lesson. Right? Guess who, yeah, guess who got promoted to doing the whole Yeah, guess yard. who got promoted mm-hmm. to push mowing all four acres. Have fun. There you go. <laughs> and it, it'll look really good. But no, I've been geeking on. He is been, your dad's grandkid. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> I've been geeking on getting I, I I we're out we've been outside a lot. The TV's been off. That's been refreshing. Um coffee in the morning with the birds and a good sunrise has been pretty cool. So that's the best. That's what yes. I've been geeking on. Um nice. coffee with the sunrise, beer with the sunset. Watch watch this. Reverse watch. it sometime for extra fun. Well, stretch your mm-hmm. jog. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Watch this move, Nick. You ready? Don't do it. Rob, what are you geeking on this week? You Brazil nut. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, no. uh, I can't remember because time is a soup if uh, this was this last show. weekend or the, the weekend before title. that. But uh, I recently finally watched the second season of Star Wars Visions, uh, which is the like anthology um, series from a bunch of different animation and production houses, um, and each the of Star Wars anime that's like real weird and yeah, yeah. So the second season yeah. of that, it's it's like a, a multitude of different like you know studios and different artists and stuff, each put you know telling a story and giving their own like little spin on Star Wars. It some point in time in in the 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 story's history um and this season there were uh so like the first season there were some really good episodes in there and then i felt like a lot of it was like you you could pass on it it's fine you're not you're not necessarily missing anything uh there were an unbelievable amount of bangers in this season um if you like Star Wars, if you like animated projects, um, I thought that it was really cool uh, seeing all of these different styles and storytelling um, um, uh, styles too, I guess, I guess. Uh, from different studios from around the world. And uh, yeah, it was really fucking cool. So Star Wars Visions, definitely worth checking Disney out. Disney Plus, yeah. Disney Plus, yeah. Good shit. Do Liz. I... 
I just, yes. my only question is, can I just skip to season two? Cause I tried season yeah. one and it wasn't for me. Absolutely. It, none okay. of it's, it's not like, uh, um, it's anthology. It's, so it's not like, yeah, it's each of the story. Each episode is completely standalone. None of the stories tie in together. Is there um, any more of that Sith hunting Jedi? Uh, no, but there okay. are some, there, there are some similar stories or like one or gotcha. a couple of stories that are pretty I did like that one in, in that the first season. That, so. that were really good. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Liz, <laughs> what about you? What are you geeking on this week? Uh, well, this week's been like a weird week in that I spent the beginning of it so like entrenched in my job that I was then not really and it really has a little burned I'm a little burned out <laughs> but um <laughs> which happens from time to time uh but otherwise um I am in a constant state of geeking about my about tabletop RPGs I'm playing in two three D&D games right now and one Vampire the Masquerade game Nice. And our nice. vampire game this weekend, I my character stumbled upon some very sketchy shit. But she's a Tremere, which means which is a, a wizard basically, and um, and she was very prepared to learn as much sketchy shit as possible <laughs> from from the nice. stuff she found. Tracks. And yep, and uh, and I'm planning a uh. Pride Month uh, one shot for some of my queer friends uh, here local locally, and I finally came up with a good premise for it, uh, which I'm excited about. And I just now have to plan all the details. The premise uh, is the premise is that um, the party is it's a level five adventuring party. I have seven players, like God's help me. Uh, <laughs> that but it's a level five adventuring party that are in the Feywild for. A midsummer festival and uh their their friend trixie the pixie has requested their help finding a very special uh rock called a love stone to for trixie to give to their uh to their romantic partner and, and a profession of love kind of like a pink like the penguins and the pebbles thing yeah Except, sure. except this, there's, I don't know, it's some kind of magic rock that's probably rainbow colored, and it uh, is going. It is. It can only be found in a part of the Feywild called the Wandering Wood, which is a forest that literally wanders around. It moves around the Feywild randomly. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> and I don't know what's in there, but it's gonna be weird and yeah. very gay. So that sounds like a blast. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. I got to finish planning it, but I was, I was, it's exciting. I really enjoy uh, tabletop RPGs because it is the whole collaborative storytelling element of it. Um, because I love creative writing and I love fiction and fantasy, as you guys know, that's how we know each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's always really fun for me when I have like a burst of creative writing type energy and can like make a story uh it feels really good so i'm happy to be getting back into that after a whole lot of of writing code and debugging other people's code for the last week and a half <laughs> so, that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah noise a geode i think that stone might be a geode it might be it also might be a prismatic shard from stardew valley yeah yeah 
<laughs> or some combination of prismatic. the two. What'd you say? Um, nice use of prismatic. Oh, oh nice use of thanks. Prismatic. I mean, I stole it from a video game, so like. That's fine. It's just it's on our. Uh, we <laughs> oh, have this yeah. thing called a Geekcast Live Bingo Card. Yeah. Let's play with right. Right. Okay. All the all, like the globe just started screaming in my house. Make it like a high, make a hiney ho. If you know what I'm saying. I pick it up with your throat. If you liked what you heard today, you want to hear more. The best thing you can do is give us. Uh, oh fuck! Tell it. Give us five stars. Tell us what kind of journal we should try to get Elon Musk to endorse. Oh man. I hope oh, it's no. my diary. Um, diary. If you want to tell us yeah. other things, um, like what kind of things that you're interested in, uh, do so on the socials. All you have to do is search GeekCast Live. And you can also check out the website that I made, violentpress.com. It's a nice website, Rob. No, thanks. He made it. He did. That's true. Lemonpress.com. Plus violent press. Lemonpress.com nope. nope. is gonna be a yep. buy, yeah, just yeah, so we're you know. Buying that buy right it now. immediately. <laughs> Directing to our website. Wait, I have auditory processing problems. Violent? Violet? What is violent? Violent. 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 Yeah. Like V-I-O-L-E-N-T. Violent press. Dot yeah. com. Sometimes we're funny on the internet. Look at that, a true thing on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? We do it happens it. once. No, it's a nice that's website, it. though. I like it. <laughs> Rob made it. So it is true. Where can we get other things, Joe? If you wanted to support us in other ways, you could do so over at patreon.com slash geekcastlive or buy our merch over at gcl.threadless.com. That's gcl.threadless.com. GCL.threadless.com. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, uh, is that it? We did brilliant. it. Go, uh, and tell go, your go put a go put a key on a kite. Fly it up high into the storms. Big lightning. Tell us. Sand art. Yeah. Some some sodomite sent me a bucket of poop. <laughs> That's my <Yikes>. favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> See you in hell, everybody. Uh, oh, I love you, parents. Donkey shame. Love you guys. Thanks for having me. Love yeah, you, thanks Liz. for being on. Bye, Liz. See ya. See ya. Hey, everyone. Nico here. And as always, we just want to take a minute to thank all those degenerates, ne'er-do-wells, and supporters who make this ill-fated machine stumble to the finish line. We could not do it without you, for better or worse. So thank you, as always, to Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lotta Bartova, Kelly Shuttleward, the Poly Nerds, the K-Man, Quentin Quattrain, my man Dan Shale, Randy the Bang Bus, Bang Bus, Hapless Sam McGillicuddy, Churchill Dowds, I don't know if that's their official website, that might be porn, Rose Rosenstein, Sandy Hornblower, <laughs> That's a Grumpkin's flight right there. That's from, what is that, Charleston? Uh, Pinkert Hagers. We've got Jew Dave, which is Dave the Fish. Girl from Thereaways. Three Finger Emily. We love all of you. Get in on the action. You know where to follow us. If not, Joe will tell you. 
I'm not reading that name because that's not a real person, but the rest of you are. We love you. Thank you, as always. Check this.